Welcome to the Black Girls of God podcast, brought to you by WPLX, Radio Reinvented. To find out more, be sure to visit WPLXradio.com. Alright, three, two, one. Black women are gods, and that is not debatable. Alright, so we started this podcast so we can say that. I just had to get out of the way. Um, my name is Domi T. What's your name, Miss Lady? My name is <clears throat> There you go. There we go. Um, my name is Trina. Why you got so many frogs in your throat? What was that? Well, I'm just a little nervous. You know, Why saying? are you this nervous? First time I haven't really been on the podcast. You, you know should not be nervous. This show is about your divinity. You, you shouldn't know, be nervous. I am a god. Black women are gods, so you know this whole this whole podcast. So this episode one, it all started because um, uh, Trina and Taylor reached out and they, they said they wanted to to build upon this movement started by my man Mark Murphy, uh, who runs Complex Twenty Ten here in Chicago, and he made these shirts that said "Black women are gods, Black girls are gods." B G A G. I just thought it was ill, and he, and he created this thing. So we started off with just a roundtable discussion about what that really means, and. Um, do, the, do our actions, be, be it as people, you know, women's actions toward themselves or black men's actions towards black women, does it exemplify that we really look at them as God, right? And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, are we do we show support and solidarity, whether it be in activist movements or in everyday life? So how can we build upon that and create a platform for those conversations to happen? And for some reason, y'all thought I would be good enough to do that with y'all. So I appreciate that. I mean, man. you're cool, so... Yeah, I, I appreciate that. You could, okay. I appreciate that, Trina, Trina Reynolds. Can I say your full name on the podcast? Is that okay? Trina Reynolds Tyler. Why does your name hyphenated? Um, Because my mama was like, I'm not giving them my last name, but you can add yours to mine. That's how my mama did it, yeah. That's the, okay, yeah, that's I, why, wait. That's why I have a hyphenated last name. Yeah. So, is, is your mom and um, your my, father still married? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so she hyphenated the last name. There, there's there's a conversation in that alone. We talk yeah. about, like, gender dynamics. You yeah, no, no. I think some some women don't even give up. Their, they refuse to give up their last name and won't even add um, their husband's last name. And then there are some men who take their wife's last name. It's really... it's. There's a very recent story, and I think it's an interracial couple at that, mm-hmm. of both the wife and the husband hyphenating their names using both the maiden name and the new name uh-huh. together. And I thought that was real interesting. Like, my mom still uses her, uses her maiden name. Uh-huh. She doesn't care if people call her Miss Pungo, but it was just, I mean, they're immigrants. It was too much in documentation to change her name over. Yeah. And her name is her name. You know what I'm saying? Well, and then I also feel like there's something special about your last name. Like, a friend of mine, I was talking to my homegirl. Her last name is Pagan, and she was just like, I really love my last name. My last name has a lot of my culture attached to it. It has like the history, my the history of my family. And so, if I change my last name to X, you know, Reynolds, let's just say, mm-hmm. um, then she would be almost her kids wouldn't know. Her kids wouldn't be passed down Pagan. They would be passed down to something else. In. But that has to be frustrating as a woman, though, that I have a piece of your legacy passed down because she loves her last name, uh-huh. but she won't love her kids' last name the same way because they're probably going to take the father's last name, right? No, I mean. No, they. It, I guess. Yeah, it dep- I got you. Yeah, it, 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 I got no, you. No, it depends on how they negotiate things, right? Like, if if he is down to my kids are taking my last I name. I mean, do so. your thing. I I, hey, I have T-Pongo, no attachment. They shall have an African <laughs> last, last name. name. Exactly. No, nah, no. Nah, I feel like I don't really have a huge attachment to my last name, um, but really? I do. I am very happy that my like I get the opportunity to honor Reynolds and Tyler. Uh-huh. Um, cause they're very different. Like my my family, those two families are like vastly different. So 
Word. I get to appreciate a little bit of my Memphis, Memphis riders and my Oklahoma, like Kentucky. Word, Folks word. Too. So that's who Trina's, Trina Reynolds Tyler is. But uh, can you can you more um, specifically say like the purpose of the pie? I guess it's so they know we're coming from since it's the first episode uh, that they tuning in to. Okay, so okay, I okay. did it much less eloquently than I feel like you're about to. No, no, no. I, the pressure's I, on. I actually, yeah, there, I feel like there's a lot of pressure. There's actually kind of like a mission statement. If we got a mission statement? Yeah, yeah. Is this a company? No, I mean, it's not really. Is this official? But, like, there's a purpose, right? Word. Right. All right, what's okay, the mission so, statement? Fill so me in. The Black Girls Are Gods podcast is designed to honor black women and promote self-love and awareness. Black Girls Are Gods supports black women by fostering a dialogue between black peoples that addresses topics that are often uncomfortable with the intent of adding healing, love, and confidence to the black community as a whole. So what that means is... I don't right? support that mission. What's popping? You talking about boxing? What's <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. What you that means is what? No, um, but what that means is like... Like there are a lot of different kind of conversations happening within the black community. People talking about Corinne Gaines, you know, Corinne Gaines not getting support or like talking about respectability and how like black women, you know, we got to honor the black woman. Like, but then also the black woman can't be busting it open. Like, you know, there are people having different conversations about what black women should be, what they should look like, how, you know what I mean? How, what type of black woman we're going to support. Or, um, and really what this podcast is talking about it's just like, I think for me, it's about like, how do we learn to love and support all types of black women without um, throwing on that like respectability politic that so often comes when we talk about um, people. What general. do you think would be the hardest part about doing this type of show? I mean, I think there are a lot of people who have different politics than myself. And so while I am the type of woman who reads Audre Lorde and twerks to Lil' Kim, um, some people might disagree with that, right? While I'm the type of woman who like believes in Korean games, um, some people might not not believe in that. And so I think the purpose is creating an opportunity for folks who may not may not believe um, in Black women, busting it open, right? Um, giving them an opportunity to see like I see my complexities and like my layers, right? I believe in that wholeheartedly. For the record, a lot of folks who are hypercritical of like what a black or very binary or singular yeah, in their definition. Yeah. There are just conversations about black women that have not been super supportive. Like we're in the streets for Laquan McDonald, we in the streets for Mike Brown. We're not in the streets for Rakia Boyd. Mm. And like I am Rakia Boyd, mm. right? And so like we're not having conversations about domestic violence. We're not having conversations that that are like explicit and transparent about just like the effects of um, the double standard on black girls. If the goal is to to bridge a divide between black peoples around just like, whether it be black cis women or black trans women or black queer trans, you know what I'm saying? Like all of, all of those things. And I think that um, we should uplift that all black women and girls and trans women and girls are gods. I think I think the big um, I think the hardest part of this podcast to me will be speaking from those. I'm glad you brought that out too, as far as like uh, you know sexuality or people's different politics. I think the hardest part about having this conversation to me is that we run the risk of overgeneralizing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I you know I we're not a, we're not a monolith, right? So when we talk about you know. Um, yeah, you know, black men say black women are queens, but their actions don't show it. We're speaking about a specific type of black man, right? I feel like that's toward the whole tap guy. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I feel like that that's who we're talking about. Then we're talking about black men disrespect women. We might be talking about the hip-hop community in a certain way, right? Or if we're talking about... Um, I mean, there's so many different types of people. And, and, I, and I, the difficulty in having platforms where black folks speak, I feel like subconsciously people feel like we speak for black people or that, uh-huh. that I'm on this space to speak for black men, which I'm not speaking for me, you know, which depending on my mood, I might fall in a different uh, demographic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's hard to have these, these conversations and represent so many perspectives at once. That's why we're gonna have multiple episodes. And and I feel like I feel like having guests is mad important too. Just like having different. I mean, my perspective is is nowhere near perfect, and I'm still learning every single day. But you God though. I mean, I'm not perfect. Is God perfect? No. You don't think God is perfect? I mean, for one. That is a philosophical question. I'm so deep. (laughs) No, but for one. For one, for one, for one, I think there was the video that, did you did you watch the video that Taylor sent us? Oh, in this we're brother world? polite. That's what mm-hmm. we're talking about. Which is why we teach that the black woman is God and we got to protect and honor her. And we don't mean it that she created every single thing here. We mean she's part of everything that is here outside. So we got to respect our women. We got to understand whatever we do to her afflicts our children before they even conceived. There was this reading in college and they were like, we were talking about like, um, the politics about around being a woman and if women were more nurturing or if not more, you know, not if that was something that was like inherently true. And and I have my questions about that. What do you still. think? Do you think do you think women are naturally inherently born with more um, with the ability to nurture more so than men? Ooh, that's gonna ask me this on a podcast. Absolutely. What you think, Ty? All right, so we got so we got to introduce our friends who are here. So we talked yeah. about not being able to. Um, Share everybody's perspective. So we got our friends in here who got different perspectives as well. Uh, brother, I, I had a chance to build with in another form. Actually talking about this topic, but it was all men. We do a manhood form every now and then. The brothers just get together and we talk about, um, you know, how to combat misogyny, how to how to better support black women, how to really? become better brothers. Yeah, we've been doing that for months, even before y'all hit me. That's why it was crazy really? that you and Taylor called me to do Wait, this. Wait, you, you... Me, um, Allende Bayo, um, Dexter, uh-huh. um... Dragonfly, these are all people. If you're in Chicago's art scene, you might know these brothers. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So we have been doing this for quite some time. That's interesting. So Ty and I, we yeah. have sister circles. We just kind of let loose and we talk about like self-care and self-love and just like relationships and engaging with um, engaging with men who might be unlearning misogyny or just like trying to figure out what it means to love black women and so support is, black women. So, I mean, that's, This is my kumbaya circle versus yours. Did it, okay. <laughs> wow. What's popping? What's, what's good? What's popping? Yeah, yeah. But no, you, you know, you was you were saying um, that she that, that Ty had an interesting perspective on that. So do you think that black, no, that women in general are born with the ability to nurture more uh, so than men? Do not. Come up a little closer that. to the mic, mm-hmm. mic sis. Um, I do not believe that. I do think that the societal conditioning has a lot to do with the ways that we perform gender yeah. in terms of who is supposed to be more nurturing and who's supposed to be more um, assertive and such. So I think just with being brought up in such a patriarchal society, little black boys um, or, you know, little boys in general are taught that that is what is feminine as um, little black girls and girls are also. So I think that's something that has more 
to do with conditioning. And I think it's something that often um, creates a barrier around the ways that men can give and receive love mm-hmm. and nurturing. Mm-hmm. Blue, what you think? Well, um, <laughs> it's funny that you bring this up. Um, but I, I have personal exper- uh, experience with uh, learning ways as a younger as a younger individual, learning ways to be a little bit more nurturing. And it was, mm-hmm. was the way that my mom taught it to me, and then all the other women that, that had a hand in raising me. Um, they taught me different things that you know helped me to be a little bit more conscious, a little bit more mind, uh, you know, open-minded to you know ways and where you know, especially with kids or you know, with small animals and things of that nature. Like you know, like there's certain things that you do differently. Um, but I, I do agree with Taisha. I definitely feel like it's a it's a learned behavior or not. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that you know you might have not have run across, uh, you know, or learned from your mother. You know, that she might have. You know, beat you three ways to a Sunday and told you, you know, you ain't S. You never got no nurturing from her. So would you know how to nurture anybody with right. that with that type of, uh, you know, understanding at, uh, at, at a young age in life? Probably not. Yeah. Right. I, I, I somewhat disagree. Hmm. Um, I think I think society reinforces some things that might already be innate in, in genders and in, in, in people, and they overemphasize certain areas of that. But um, I have no scientific data to prove what I, what I believe. But I do... I have more female friends than male friends, which is why hanging with Blue and, and doing a manhood forum was, was so um, was so refreshing because I don't have a, an opportunity to build with brothers like that. But in hanging with so many sisters from different backgrounds, from, you know, I got two sisters who raised me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm not sure if, if early on in their lives that perspective was reinforced to them in a way where they, they had to nurture little, nurture little bro mm-hmm. in, in that specific way. And my big cousins nurtured me, but male nurturing looks and feels differently than, than, than female nurturing. And I wonder if, and I don't believe 100% of that is, is societal. So there's one piece of um, nurturing that, that I'm, I still feel, I, I feel is like, um, comes from a someone who can carry a child. Yes. Only, only because when you are carrying a child, you are nurturing and like catering to this child mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. your spouse is, whether they are, um, whether they identify as male or female, right? Like you, whoever is holding the child um, has to eat a certain way, has to right. care for their body in a certain way. So in, I think in that, at at that point. The amount of time that you've spent nurturing a child is different, um, or so like your relationship with the child is different. Um, but I, I do, I, I gotta agree with Ty. But and, I almost feel, like, but I almost feel like, I almost feel like biologically, um, there's something that that has to be put in you by the Creator that allows you to be able to have empathy for something that's living inside of you to eat and move a certain way, because there are men who are still home with their. They're kids, they're married, they have mm-hmm. kids, but it's a long time before they feel a bond with that child. Even though they love the family and everything, mm-hmm. a mother's attachment to the child and child's attachment to the mother is just totally different. And I think that even before she becomes able to rear that child, there's something that that most women were, were kind of sprinkled with that men wasn't sprinkled with, blessed with by the creator, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's can I, can go, I interject right here? Um, something that came to mind. Um, supposedly, we're, we're missing a chromosome or something like that. 
and that might be a part of that. But to to to, to come back out of that and actually go back into into this other thought that I had, um, we we we're, we're living on a on a planet that is altogether feminine. She grows. She mm-hmm. you know produces things for us to feed ourselves with. If this is the human manifestation of what she is, she would have to have that same capability to be able to you know like care for the the beings of the planet that she helped to produce. So right. if she's producing living beings, she would also inherently have that ability to do the same thing coming from the same planet that you know she was raised on. Right. Or that, that you know she was birthed on herself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and I, and I fear that in because society pushes us in a certain dire- direction, they make they make male and female roles so stringent, so strict, so pronounced and defined mm-hmm. in an effort to break away from that, you know, and we want to define what our role should be, which I think is positive and what we should do. But I also don't want to run the risk of us denying what innately um, we might have been born with, which is actually a gift, even though society makes it feel like it's not. You know what I mean? I, I mean, if you have the gift of nurturing, that doesn't mean you want to be docile or uh you want to take care of everybody all the damn time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't mean that it's any less of a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just, I mean, honestly, I feel that like all people are, have, have some nature within them. I think if you, if someone. Like, I ain't nurturing nothing. If man. someone gives you, I'm sure that. I can't take care of a pet. Get out, but you take care of, um, of your equipment, right? Like you take care of your equipment. I remember when you got this thing, right? Because of what it can do for me. Okay, right. And oh, that's deep. So when we talk about relationships. Oh, I'm going another tangent. We're going to stop that. I go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you got to say. You're about to start telling me yourself. No, no. I mean, true. I mean, there, there, there are times that um, even in relationship dynamic, I think when men sometimes, and, and I think this is societal, I think as men in a lot of ways, we're, we're taught to care for things because of what they can do for us. I'm talking about things and not even, and it becomes dangerous when you treat people like that. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes that happens in relationships. If we're going to really break it down, you know, you said I take care of my equipment and stuff. And I had to think about it. I'm like, yeah, because of, because of what it can do for me. Because if I damage it, it becomes useless and I got to yeah, purchase another one. But people okay. damage people and they just go to another person that can fulfill that void when that person is damaged. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of women who operate in the same way, who, who, I mean, when I think about like relationships, I feel like the 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 dominant narrative is like men be dogging these. You know, like it's either like a man is dogging a woman mm-hmm. or a woman is starting around. Right. Like instead of and, and even though like a man and a woman may be doing the same thing, like now she's a thought and he is like pimping all over the world. Like right. like I don't know. I feel like that is also like societally. People, same people dress. are conditioned. It, it, there's such a double standard. Cause like that's the same. That's the same activity. Because I think there are a lot of there are a lot of women in this world who, um, there yeah there are a lot of women and female identified folks as well as like men, male identified folks who are just like, who who are who are using who are nurturing something because like, it's gonna give them something like, right. of sexual gratification or monetary gratification. Or just like company, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I th- but I think a lot of times people just. But then too, I mean, it, the what we're talking about is still a, a, another form of nurturing. It is just used in a um, in a perverted way because where well, you're talking about it in this way, I mean, you you'd have to do the same thing to a crop to produce the fruit that you're looking for, mm. right? You would have to, Absolutely. you know, actually 
add to it and give it because it's going to at some point reap some type of benefit mm-hmm. would it not but in 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 and in, in that case that's why I feel like it would be uh it would be righteous or like actually the way to go but then like what what we what, what, what we are ugh, what we are what we are to actually talking about is people you know misusing people for their own gain and their own good mm-hmm. which is which is and not having the other person's best interests in mind which brings me back to I mean, I guess which can can relate to a, a huge part of this this podcast, which is like, how do we love one another? Like, how do we how do we stop that double standard? Like, what does radical black love look like? Right? Like, what is it? What does it mean for for folks to radically love and support black women in a way that that is? Why do you call that radical? Or what do you mean by radically black love? Like. You just well radical. You I want like, me to? I, I mean, no. For me, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. For me, I, I think like for me, love. What I'm learning is like love should be unconditional with accountability, right? And so for me, what radical love means is like something that is more than a feeling that that you something that you feel, but it's something that you are intentionally participating in, right? Like, so I'm gonna love you radically. I'm gonna love you. That doesn't mean you're gonna be in my life. That doesn't mean I'm gonna allow you to harm or hurt me, but I still love you, right? And that's me radically loving someone. Or if someone is in my life, it's not only about like this feeling that I get, but it's also about mutual respect. Um, it's also about compassion. And so like, how do we as a community love on each other without, without playing those games of like misusing or abusing one another, using, for, using each other for some, some particular game? Like that, to me, radical black love means laying it on the table and being intentional about, and that could be romantically, that could be in friendships, that can be in family, but but accepting folks for who they are, and 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 not letting love be the you know be a blinding factor. Letting love be something that you intentionally do, um, something that where there is accountability, um, and something where you're just like constantly learning from one another. Word. So that's yeah, yeah. That's most definitely one of the goals for Black Girls Like Guys too to find out how do we how do we send a love in the conversation. So I'm really curious to hear how do y'all receive love from Black men versus let's say how have you historically received it now, and how should it how should it be? You get what I'm saying? How have you received love? Well, should we ask men? should we ask you the question? How do you show love to black women first? Before no, I, I really want to hear. Because I want to center your perspectives, you know what I'm saying? Because it's hard for, because I mean it's a real experience, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I really want to get an idea for your real experience because it's really hard to answer that question. Like to be completely transparent, yeah. there, there's always a, a disconnect between somebody ask you like, you have to ask somebody I've been with, how do I show love for for a black woman? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm making myself sound great, you know. In theory, <laughs> if I thought I was loving black women incorrectly, I wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. I, I, I don't really know if I can answer that question honestly. I should have said something like real, like flowery or whatever, but I don't want to be that type of type of host for this purpose. You see what I'm saying? So, so you said what? I'd have been lying. I've been capping. You know what I'm saying? So, so I don't want to do that. So, so how have black men tried to give love? Yeah, have you received oh love from black men? But how do I receive, or how have black men tried to give love? Because I think there's a difference. Like, what what is my best method? Okay, break it down. Have you interpreted? At least in my in my life, black men have tried to give love. In the different different ways, and I think it's um, a lot of times, folks do not listen to the person that they're trying to love on, and so they end up 
trying to give some love but like not really giving the right type of love that they're supposed to be giving. I don't mm. know. For for example, like my pops, like I love him to that's my that's my homie. He's like seventy one years old. He got the energy of a thirty five year old. Shout out to athlete. Pops. Like that's the homie. But he also like his idea of loving me, of giving me love is like telling me what to do or like telling me what I need to do. And if I don't do what I need to do, any other decision that I make is a stupid one. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like and 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 that's because he wants for him. He's like, I want the best for her. So I'm going to tell her that this she need to be a doctor. Oh, my gosh. When I went to college, he was like, you got to be a doctor. You're going to get a PhD. You're going to put it on. You know, like I'm saying my pops. I'm saying like for him, that was giving me love. Right. Even though being at least a medical doctor, which is what he was really trying to get me to to become was just not in the cards. It just wasn't in the cards for me. But for him, it was like, this is how she's gonna be successful. This is how she's gonna make money and be, you know, be able to take care of herself. Therefore, if she's not being a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, then like, I'm not gonna be, I'm not even gonna tell her like, I'm happy for the decision that you're making, right? Because he's like, I want you to actually do this other thing. And he was, to him, he was giving me love. Because right. he's like, I'm trying to get her to make the best decision instead of figuring out who I was as an individual, and then helping me come to a decision on my own. I think gotcha. I think that's that's how parents also give. That's how give parents love. give. Love. Parents well, do well, that. Parents well, let's do, flip yeah. it. So, um, let's go. How do Black women show love to Black women? And we'll start from the perspective of your mom, just to give a contrast from your dad. Okay, 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 okay. Um, how do Black women? So my mom. So I remember the point where I realized that my mother was not only my mama, but she was also a grown woman. And like, she had been, I think she'd been married like twice. Um, moved down here from Memphis, Tennessee when she was like 16 or 17 by getting, I think like she got married or something. Like, it was just like, she really just left her whole family, mm -hmm. you dig, in Memphis, Tennessee and came to Chicago and was like, I'm about to work. Like, I gotta find, you know, I'm gonna find and make some moves. And she went through a lot of things, like not only in Memphis, but in Chicago. And I think when I really started paying attention to the kind of love that I was receiving from my mother was when I, when I realized that she was not only my mama, she was a woman. and. And a lot of the things that I was experiencing, she had also experienced or had seen other folks experience. And so what she did for me was listened. And she told me, like, I'm here for you. And she gives me lots and lots of hugs. I'm all about physical touch. Mm -hmm. But she also shared with me, like, some of her stories. Mm -hmm. And so um, through that, I receive a lot of love. And we just built with each other. And that's how I do my sister circles, too. I host sister circles once a month. And what we do there is we laugh, we cry, we twerk, we talk smack. We, you know, I mean, and that's how we give love to. We talk about, we talk about hard things. And I feel like in a lot of ways, my pops, he like doesn't want to talk about those hard things. He's like, it's all good, you know. We gonna keep, right. You know, we gonna keep it moving, moving, moving. And sometimes you need to slow down and like pay attention. So I think that's important. Sense. Yeah, and I think I think you definitely, I definitely think that you hit a. Um, a good touch point because I'm glad you said that first because it made me think about how I show love and how brothers show love to bro other brothers. You know what I'm saying? So like to, to answer your question, um, I definitely in relationships and in friendships, especially with, with women, um, show love by connecting them to opportunities sometime. Or mm -hmm. if you tell me what it is that you want to do, try to find out what are my resources to make you do that. Like, so if you got a, so for, for example, if you, if I got, I got a girlfriend who wants to do a clothing line or something like that, I'm like, Oh, hit up my man, Mark. He started this X, Y, Z. 
she would probably more appreciate if I remembered her birthday. I try to show love by including the woman in the things that I'm doing, like okay. in, in the business aspect what I'm doing, but that might not, she might not necessarily want that or receive that in a certain type of way, just like your father, right? I think that him telling you what he wants to do for your career and my father telling me, I'm like, yo, that's love. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But if I got something going on personally, if I'm not feeling well, I'm calling mama to talk. You see what I'm saying? So right. I think men historically show love in a more like, um, like Sorry. a more like what's the word I'm looking for? He, but blue using the word structured in a more, um, I guess, career goal oriented or like from it's not it's not emotional. It's like rather than hug you, I feel like I'm gonna tell you what you need to know yeah, to but, get through what you're getting through. But that's not. I mean, I don't think that's always true, and I also think my relationship with my father has suffered for it. Like I think that. I think that when you are capable... Yeah, of I didn't say it was a good thing. Yeah, I just think it's a thing. I think that it is important that we're capable of having like a multitude of conversations. Like You can't tell me that, that you are only capable of talking about career and goal-oriented things. Like There also needs to be um, a breakdown where, where you're talking about like real things that are impacting you internally, right? Like... Man, to, I'm quoting man to man, right? Like, right. but and of of course, like I think it's a beautiful thing that you can talk to your mother about things. But but having the ability to really to talk to someone who is like a role model or who looks like you, right? right? We always talk about representation, right? To have the opportunity to talk to someone who looks like you and has the same experiences as you about some of the things you know some of the things you're going through is mad important and i think we, it would be a cop-out to just say like i mean well men don't really know how to talk about that stuff and it's just like actually y'all need to figure that out so y'all can learn how to so y'all can learn from each let other me, and like stop stop having to word let me let me uh jump blue in on this what you what you think you have made mention earlier about um different ways where we would actually um like how we could uh like learn how to love women like in a more healthy way mm -hmm. and it was a conversation that we had actually had in the um in the male form about holding each other accountable and what that actually looked like as men mm -hmm. checking other men for the the not the quote unquote nonsense for for you know a better word to use um, word. but um but and, and and even how that would come across um it, it would shock a lot of men it would put a lot of men in their place uh, a lot of men are more talk than they are in action, um, and mm -hmm. with the right, you know, male um, uh, assertion, I'm sure they would, uh, they would, they would fall in line. Because most men are actually alpha males; they posture as such. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't see that too often because we too, you know, focused on the bravado and the way they look on the outside, but on the inside, they, you know, that same little boy that didn't get the hug, you know, right, or didn't get picked up from school, you know, so. But I do think it's worth mentioning, though, um, and I think you and I talked about this at the forum, uh, being surprised by this, that we didn't necessarily, at the forum, um, and we talked about, I mean, we, we displayed our emotions, and we're real naked with each other, but pause. Um, we're open with each other, you know, like, about... It's okay to be naked with But I don't think... You can say, yeah, I know, but, you know, see... I was taught I'm, that. I'm confident. I'm confident. But I think, but I think honestly, though... Um, we just receive advice from men from each other differently. Like I, I think, I think the way we speak to each other can be the same way we speak to our women. Like we went, um, we went out after after the forum that day. We went out shopping or whatever. Yeah. And I was trying to debate on if I needed this watch. You know what I'm saying? So we at the store. We shop. I needed this watch. I'm like, bro, should I get it? And the way they said, what you what you say to me, man? I mean, it was it was it was a logical thought because 
you, I think you was talking about uh, you knew that you had some money coming in and you had to pay something, and you could have got the you could have got the watch at the time, but it was it it it, it, it probably would have put you would have set you back or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I was like, I mean, you know, what's, what's more important, you having this wooden watch, you know, that it's, it's a perishable item, you know, what I'm saying, or you actually handling your business, and you may very well be able to come back and grab this watch. But he said it so logically, but he said it with more force than that. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he I'm, said it with that. that for, that's for, the point for, that I'm getting. For the sake of this conversation, I'm, I'm toned down. He told me that, but, but uh, the point that I want to make is. His harshness wasn't a bravado and how he said it. It was the way I was going to see it. He was like, nigga, you don't need that. If you do that, you're going blah, 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 blah. And I was like, thank you. You know what I'm saying? And and like, and I think that but, I think that women sometimes think that, that that's posture when men do that, but we really interact with each other in that way. And it's yeah. coming from a real <laughs> a real thing. So when we interact with our women, and we need love. to figure out how to... It's love. Like I, And because of the force with which he spoke, I knew that he was coming from, like, out of love. Like, this right. was the homie. You know like, what I'm be saying? Be responsible. But Ty, but Ty, don't we talk like that, too? I mean, like... Okay, okay so wait, wait. Because when we... When but, we if your man, but if your man... If a guy was talking to his woman like right. that... That's like, a whole it, it's a whole other thing. Y'all, y'all receive that differently. Y'all receive mm-hmm. that differently. I think that's a generalization. I think everybody okay. has different communication mechanisms, right? Different ways that they receive communication. Mm-hmm. I mean, but and we like, just talked about how your father was too forceful in, in guiding your career yeah, in a way that wasn't... But it wasn't... You don't need to do that. Like now, nah, you probably shouldn't do that. X, Y, and Z. He didn't break it was. It, down. it wasn't. It was right. like. But okay. even then, his breakdown wasn't logical. It uh, was like okay. you need money to live. Like you cannot be a teacher, Trina. Do not be a teacher. That is logical. No, no. Teachers no, make no, no money. No, but but teachers <laughs> but teachers are out here living. And like, if I would be happy as a teacher, right? Like when we think about life. We have to think more more than just like money and capital. Mm-hmm. We have to think like, okay, am I going to be happy doing this job? Like, well, you know, how would that fit into with the things that I love? Like the true. demographic of people I want to engage with, you know, like all of these things for you. It was like, okay, I really ain't got that much money. It was like a real quick decision, snap decision. And my pops was like, nah, you shouldn't buy that. Then I'd be That's like, true. you right, you right. Cause I, you know, I shouldn't buy yeah. that. But like yeah. when I'm with my spouse, like I think for me that the way that I like to be communicated with is like more of a friend. Like when I'm engaged with somebody romantically, I need it to be a friendship. I need it to be a friendship. Like talking to me, we need to talk smack. We need to muff each other upside the head. Like we need to wrestle. That's so here's, here's my question. That's very but like, but I, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and maybe I'm different than Ty, right? And maybe Ty is different than Jennifer or Jennifer is different from Paris or Paris. You know, I do it. Like, there are all of these different people. So, and I think it's about, like, people, like, mm-hmm. learning how your partner communicates. You can't just, like, oversimplify how, like, women need to be communicated with like this. You know, right, I, I got to right, tell right. her, like, you know. No, be no, softer. No, baby, no, you probably shouldn't buy that because, you know what I'm saying. No, no, tell me I shouldn't buy it. Like, please, like, help me. You know what I mean? These are my finances. Like, if you more financially savvy, help me. You know what I'm saying? I want to put time to this. Uh, um, do you think that black men can show love to black women in the same way black men show love to black men? Or should they? Or is there a difference in that communication? Um, I think... <laughs> That there are nuances. Um, I think there's it. It can be a yes or no, like Trina said. So some people may need a more direct form of communication where someone can just be as blunt, because that's what it it is. I think. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel often like men think they have to dress things up and make it pretty for mm-hmm. women, as if we do not have like as if we cannot take direct communication. Right. Um, 
And I think that that will just vary on on the person. <laughs> yes, but that's true. That's true. And I and I realize we're making vast generalizations, but you know. But it's, I mean, it's, it's, but it's all yeah. about it's all about being honest. Like how can honesty you, is overrated. Honesty uh, let's go to the uh, second pillar of the mission statement, Trina. Go ahead. What's the second pillar of the mission statement? I'm just trying to say something to make us right, go viral. Right, he's over here talking about. Mm, oh. <laughs> so let me think. I mean, I know something that we had planned just like to briefly talk a little bit about. So, so Naomi, she was trying to escape from her abusive boyfriend who pulled her out of her minivan by her by her hair. Trigger warning. I'm sorry. Let me just real quick trigger warning domestic violence. Um, but he just basically just like attacked her. And um, and she ran him over with her car. Um, now, now, something that I think is really interesting, like, we were talking about this the other time we were having a conversation um, before this podcast even started, but just, like, when do you intervene, like, during domestic violence disputes? And, like, it definitely, I mean, it just made me think about how, like, Jessica Hampton was stabbed. I'm sorry, trigger warning, y'all. Um, she was murdered on 47. You got to put us on, um, on the train, uh, on, on this terminology, uh, trigger warning I'm means sorry. that you're about to say something right. triggering to somebody yeah. who might've been through that yeah. situation. Thank you for that. Thank okay. you for that. So, so we got to bring people into your I don't want to just, you know, I mean, usually when movies they're like rated R, nudity, violence. Like, okay. You know so that's, that's something to say like, pause, okay, so this is going to be, let me just okay. real briefly let you know yeah okay. yeah right, before before i like maybe shock you um and so naomi freeman she was she was uh, locked up because she ran over her abusive boyfriend and did she um, kill him oh i don't even know if she killed i don't even know if she killed oh no yeah she killed him yeah she killed him she killed him she killed him and um but then that also makes me think about jessica hampton who was like murder on 47th on the red line mm -hmm. and and it, it reminds me of this um of this one time that my homegirl and i we were leaving uh grits and biscuits is that what it was called the party and this woman was being attacked by her boyfriend like it was like three in the morning downtown and and like we just like so many people were driving past like they seen this man like getting really physical with this mm. woman and like we walk up we're just like do you feel safe you know we're like talking to this woman and the whole time like she had been, already been getting like like clearly like her nails was broken she didn't have her purse herself he threw all her stuff and were any men around and they didn't help huh you said so men were around men, so no yeah men were around they didn't they didn't stop moving they only stopped moving when me and my homegirl came up word so and that's that's, yeah. that's that's what we're talking about and that's a big piece of this podcast man like um situations like that and how do we create a culture where black men like innately uh see responsibility to protect black women you know what i'm saying it's just like yeah, like if you if your homie is is clearly like harming his girlfriend, like how do you have a con maybe maybe and I know like domestic violence is a trick it's it's tricky, right? Yeah. Like because there's this like um survivors stay with the their with the um the person who abuses them for many reasons. I mean they <laughs> y'all should hashtag why I stayed. Things um, got in general, people yeah. see things happen and they Two to mind their own businesses. People pull yeah. up their phones when two but men then, are fighting or two women are fighting, yeah. or whatever. There's that general thing. If if you feel uncomfortable, like if you have ever seen your homie like doing some wild stuff, right, and you don't feel comfortable like inter engaging while while she is there or he is there together, why not pull him to the side? It, because maybe I mean I've heard of people like 
um, being a, being judged and all that, like mind your business da, 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 when the when the two people are together, right? But let's just say you pull your homeboy to the side one day and be like, yo, yesterday that was wild, like you shouldn't X, Y, and Z, or why do you X, Y, and Z? You know that's not okay, da, da, da. But many men, they don't have those conversations. They're like, that's their business. Right. I'm going to let them. And so for me, how can a black man be an ally? Like, how can black men be allies to black women? They can, like, pull their homies to the side or, like, pull your, if, if, if your homie is, like, beefing with his girl, just grab him and say, like, yo, let me talk to you for a second. Like, let's talk. Like, let me separate you from this, right? Right now, this whole thing is toxic. And let's just have a talk, right? What's going on? What's popping? Mm -hmm. that, that's how a black man can, I mean, in, and that's, like, that's your friend, right? Ty, how can black men be allies in, in specific, you can answer this in general, but specifically in domestic violence situations? Well, I agree a lot with what Trina said um, because often I feel that um, like trying to have conversations with black men about this as a black woman often comes at the expense of my vulnerability. Like I have to relive those situations in order um, for that to be translated. So I wholeheartedly agree with Trina in saying that Black men need to hold black men accountable. Um, they need to counsel each other, circle up, um, and learn to disarm the the different, um, all, just all of the conditioning that we carry so often throughout childhood into our adulthood, and to be in a space, a safe space together where that kind of conversation, where that type of conversation can be facilitated and it, and it could be fruitful. Um, and then that's when I feel like that gap will start to become a bridge, you know? If it's a learned behavior, right? Domestic violence, that is. It's not something like, I, I doubt that any young man grows up as a shorty and says, when I get a wife, I'm a beater. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where do you think that behavior is learned from? And how can we un indoctrinate our people with that what happens is young men are taught like you mad like yeah go like fight somebody you know what i'm saying or like go it what is what what folks are taught is to like you need to assert your power by hitting or like putting someone in their place and then, you know what it's not always hitting right it's also like a verbal thing like screaming or slamming doors or like Throwing something at the wall, like yeah, create creating a th creating some kind of threat, like instilling fear, intimidating, and I think like we live in a culture where intimidation is like oh yeah, I'm about to I'm about to go be a bully, like just like but let's just think about like bullying culture, like if somebody's being a bully, they're 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 doing things to intimidate um, someone, and they feel powerful when they do it, right? And so I think that like. That is not only, I mean, that's something that, like, young people see maybe in, like, relationships, romantic relationships, like, outside or maybe in their homes. But then they also see it in the way that they engage with one another every single day. Like, oh, I'm mad. I'm about to hit. I'm about to fight. I'm about to hurt. Instead of, I'm mad. Let me talk through. Let me figure out. Let me, let me, um, yeah, let me deep, let me debrief. Like, that's just yeah. not, and I think that's about, like. Um, something that is socially conditioned, like some, many times, like women are taught, like you know, be kind and like you don't want to fight. Like, I mean, some of us. I mean, I definitely used to be a fighter, 
But you like, think black women are taught that to be calm, don't fight? Be, some, I mean, maybe by I feel like I feel like some, they might be taught by grandma. It, depend, yeah, it say, depends. It depends. If you whoop, I will whoop you. It really do depend on where you're from. You real about that? And so for this case, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say people. Okay. I'm gonna say like yeah, but many black folks are taught like they don't have places to genuinely express their sadness or their vulnerabilities. Like we don't have many safe spaces. Which is why I love the peace circles. Like I love when we have peace circles because we can just be honest and bear with one another without the fear of judgment or feeling like we're not strong enough, right? But a lot of times when you don't have that, you like I'm a, I'm I'm upset. I'm finna throw hands and 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 whatever, right? That's black true. boys, black girls, black gender nonconforming folks, like. That what we're taught is not like emotional literacy. We're not taught to sit down and calm down and think through how we feel in or why we feel that way or restore. Like, because this world is punitive. Like, the fact that you go to jail if you do something wrong, that's not restorative. And like, we need to learn how to practice more, more restorative justice, right? Like, let's just say we get into it, you throw a crayon at me. I'm like, why you, th- you know, like, Let's just say you pull you you throw a crayon at me, right? Like me me that mean he me putting you. no, but me putting you in timeout, like associating like with abuse though. So mm-hmm. that does not oh, that's that. that's a whole nother. Yeah, yeah, but and, and that's the point I'm making. So JaneDoe.org has this article right about talking about how domestic violence is learned behavior, and it says that um, you know learned behavior that happens through observation, experience, reinforcement, culture, all of these different things, and it's not necessarily caused by substance abuse stress, genetics, anger, illness, none of that. Something that we learn from from society. And there's the sentence that really came to mind thinking about that. It says, cultural acceptance of domestic violence is reinforced when abusers are not arrested, prosecutors for their acts, and without intervention, that violence can become more destructive and sometimes lethal over time. And and that's instilled, instilled in you as a, as a youth because, you know, if a girl is getting hit by young boys, it's always because he likes you. You know what I mean? And so... When she grows up, how is she not supposed to disassociate herself subconsciously from that thought? You know what I mean? I know women who have been in relationships with women who have been beaten before. They tend to want you to show your love in, in an aggressive way. Of course, she doesn't want to get beat again, I don't think, in a real, in a real sense, right? But if, if you guys are arguing and you don't get upset, she's like, does he care? Does he, if, you, if you're not yelling when you argue or if you dismiss arguments or if you agree too much... You know what I mean? Just to get out of the gym. I'd like to hear the psychology behind that. Or just like even the... St- I think that yeah, happens because, statistics. I mean, because as we're talking about... Because you've only seen have... love, because you've only seen love through... Um, this, through that like, aggression. Through, through this aggression. Violence. And so while it might not necessarily be hitting, it might be jealousy. Right. Like like the jealous, right. boy, that is abuse. Like isolating, like saying, yeah. Right. I feel, I mean, I, I'm interested in reading more about what, like how women who have been in abusive relationships before, if they have not like deconstructed or like super duper reflected on that violence uh-huh. in that relationship, like how they enter new relationships. Let's do that in but the next then, episode. But then, but then also like, I feel like people are more, a lot of times people are more preoccupied with why, why is she saying instead of um, being preoccupied with like, why is he hitting her? Or like, why is he using intimidation as a means like, um, a means of showing love. I'm gonna sound like, overly. That's true. Yeah, I'm gonna I sound think. overly optimistic in this, but I think the reason that happens, why people say, "Why is she staying?" Mm-hmm. is because the idea of violence in that way is so um, is nuts. So it's like there's no reasoning with that person. So we need to reason with the victim on how to get out of the situation. And and the reason I think about it like that, 
is because I look at people when we talk about police brutality. And I think about an abusive relationship, right? And I've, and I've heard people invite me to forums and they say, what is it that black men can do to stop police brutality? And I'm like, there's nothing we need to be doing. That's like telling, that's like asking a victim, what is it that you can do to stop this man from hitting you? Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like the psychopath needs the counseling. Right. Not, not, not like the person who's receiving the abuse. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I think our first, our first thing is we already know the police officers are psychopaths. We know that the, an abusive man is, is, a, is a psycho. So, ain't no reasoning with him. So, we need to reason with the victim and figure out. I think that's what the thinking is. I don't, I don't agree with that thinking, but I'm trying to understand. Like, why is it, why black people are the only ones that are expected to work out their own salvation? Or why are women the ones who are expected to walk out? Like, if it comes to sexual assault, why are women the ones who say, why did you have that on? Like, why, why is it incumbent upon the woman and the victim to prevent mm-hmm. violence against them? You know what I'm saying? And I think, I think it doesn't only happen in gender relations, but in race relations or any oppressive uh, relationship. Yeah, the, the power... When you think about like power dynamics and just like the person with the power is never compelled to fix how they exert their power on people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the survivors are are like told to. Yeah, no, and and I'm I'm excited to explore these kinds of topics in the upcoming. I mean, our upcoming series of podcasts. I know we've been kind of all over the place, and I feel like it's because. We have a lot to say, and and so I feel like we and we never get the opportunity to have these conversations. Like we're never put in a, you know, we're never really put in a room and told like, let's talk about why or how or what we can do to figure this, figure this out. So please, 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 absolutely rate us. Give us five stars on the joint. You know what I'm saying? Go to blackgirlsourguys.com to see links to some of the articles we're talking about. What you got, Trina? No, I mean anything. You don't like the fact that I'm wrapping up, do you? No, 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 no. I love it. I love it. You know, I'm over here nervous on this mic. Like, oh, what am I going? Um, no, but I think if there's any way that we can receive comments or just like generate dialogue outside of what the folks in this room have to say, that would be love and that would be beautiful because I think it's really easy to to unintentionally leave out some perspectives and some some folks. So just like hearing that and then also just like bringing those kind of conversations into here, you know, into this room. And so, um, to quote one of the most deplorable men that I've ever known in the Black Liberation Movement, Eldridge Cleaver, um, (laughs) one of the most deplorable men ever, he says, um, an agreeable conversation or a conversation where everyone agrees doesn't inspire growth. I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it exactly. But that's one thing that he said that I value. But I do want to break down who he was because I read a piece of Solo Nice and I was very disturbed. I couldn't get past page 15 and it really feeds into this conversation. But all that aside, um, I welcome you guys to disagree with us in the comment section and push our thinking our thinking forward um, as we have these conversations. If y'all to take some of what we said and um, if it's good applied and if it ain't, fix it and help us fix it. You know what I'm saying? Black Girls of God. See the next one. Hey, thank you all so much for checking out episode one of the Black Girls of God's podcast hosted by the good homie Doma T and the lovely Trina T. We have a great season ahead of us, fam, full of great conversations and untapped topics that you would never believe. So make sure y'all stay close to that blackgirlsaregods.com. Not just for the pods, but not just for the merch, but not just for the great things we're going to be doing in the streets all over the world, but just to stay enlightened to what we're doing out here for our black women. 
All right? Blackgirlsaregods.com.